Whatever just happened, blame it on the pig. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Mouse Madness, a podcast dedicated to bracketing all things Disney. I'm Chris Bowersox. And I'm Kyle Skinner. And we are your hosts for Mouse Madness. Each episode will focus on a single Disney topic, generate a bracket, and debate our way through the madness to figure out who or what is truly the best. Follow us and play along on Instagram at Mouse Madness Pod. Send us an email at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com or support us on Patreon by becoming a member of Jerry's gang at patreon.com slash mousemadness. Kyle, this is our third year now doing sort of spooky, inspired, Halloween-y, Mouse Madness Brackets, uh, and we've gone through things like Best Disney Halloween Movie, uh, mm-hmm. low-key one of my favorite brackets ever, Best Twilight yeah. Zone Episode, yeah, so fun, Gosh. Best Haunted Mansion Ghost, uh, and, and here we are talking Best Disney Ghost. Uh, how have you sort of enjoyed going back and maybe revisiting some of these Halloween Disney classics? Oh, so much fun. I mean... Th- Disney has really grabbed its stranglehold on the Halloween holiday from its parts to its nostalgic late 90s, early 2000s TV films to just the most recent mansion. Like they have really forced their way into what it is to be Halloween. And so it's always a fun time to revisit some of this stuff. It was fun to go back and watch Lonesome Ghosts as I do all the time. It's fun to wait to see. Uh, Tower of Terror and something wicked this way comes every October, you know, like there's a lot to enjoy out of all of this. And to be able to then talk about it all instead of just like run through the playlist and not really touch it until the next October. uh, A lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. So I'm always glad when Halloween rolls around and we can do some of this Disney spookiness. And here joining us back again for part two to dive further into the spooky. It is Bryn. Bryn, welcome back. Thank you so much for having me. Happy to be here. Do you have any ghost stories? Have you ever had any encounters with ghosts? Um, I have not, but I always hope that I do. <laughs> I listen to a lot of ghost stories and I like story. I like ghost stories and I like, I want to believe them. Um, Cause so many people have them like have these experiences. Like it feels like it's, there's too many to be a coincidence. Uh, I have not yet encountered a ghost, but maybe one day. Have I told my Ouija board story on this podcast? I don't think so. I had an encounter once upon a time. It was uh, the the summer before going off to college. Uh, all of my hometown high school friends got together to have a, a camp out and in a friend's backyard. In fact, that friend was Raymond and Raymond's been on this podcast before. Uh, and he, he had a, a big backyard and a projector that we were going to watch movies on. And then we would camp in tents in the backyard as like one final send off before we all went around the country to our various schools. So, uh, summertime, really nice and warm, uh, a nice, just regular summer evening. And somebody's like, let's bring out that Ouija board. 
that we bought from Toys R Us. Let's get the the Hasbro Ouija board out and let's just let's just play. Let's mess around it dark. Let's have some fun. So in his backyard are these two huge like pine trees. Uh, and we had put our tents under the pine trees on the lawn. And then we were sitting on a concrete surface that was next to it at some at a like a backyard table playing with this Ouija board. So the minute we open it up, the trees and back of us start rustling. And it sounds like there are like raccoons up there. There's a lot of critters in Hollister. So it could possums, raccoons, whatever. But pine needles were falling onto the tent. So you could very audibly hear that something was rustling over there. The second that we lift open this thing. So we're messing around with the Ouija board. We're trying to find a spirit. The thing is moving around, right? Who knows who's moving it? Probably the spirit though. And we ask it, eventually after asking many different questions, we ask, you know, is there somebody here that you are trying to talk to or encounter? And the board icon thing moves to J. And there was only one person there with uh, an initial J, and it was our friend Jackie. And she goes, she goes ghost white. She's freaked out. And we're like, all right. And when it hits J, the trees get louder behind us. So Raymond and I grab flashlights, and we go up there, and we're looking to see if we can see like this family of raccoons that are obviously in this pine tree. Can't see them. They continue with the board. Jackie's freaked out. As we get back up there, they're like, okay, let's just ask. Are you here to hurt Jackie? And the Ouija board thing starts kind of like circling the board, wants to go to yes or no, and then comes to buy or like uh, like goodbye or whatever like the exit thing is. And the second, I, I'm not even joking, dude. I don't even believe in this stuff. I'm not even joking you right now. The minute that thing hit the, the quit <laughs> of the Ouija board, two massive branches fell from the pine tree onto our tents. Wow. And we went running, screaming into that house. And Raymond's dad came out with a fire poker because he thought somebody was like out there. <laughs> he was ready to go to battle. And it was actually just these massive tree branches that fell onto our tents. And I have not touched a Ouija board since. <laughs> Jackie slept inside that night. <laughs> so that's my ghost story. Chris, do you have any ghost stories? Absolutely. Let's yeah. Him, dude. My, my, uh, Great grandmother, Grammy. Uh, we had this tradition, very not environmentally friendly, where we would release balloons into Uh-oh. the air, like Uh-oh. on her birthday. Be like, <laughs> happy birthday, Grammy. Like, hope you enjoy your <laughs> balloons, balloons in heaven. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And um, I didn't really know a whole lot about her. I have maybe one or two just like images of her in my head. She died when I was probably like five or six. And so the only thing that people would always say about her is that she loved purple, like more than the average person who has a favorite color. Like she loved the color purple. Okay. And so I was probably 10 to 12 years old. This is now, this is years and years later after we stopped doing this tradition. And uh, we were, and this is like the age of the internet. Like we're playing VMK. We're playing Final <laughs> Fantasy Eleven, like we're playing Roller Coaster Tycoon Two. We're inside dogs now. All right, <laughs> my, me and my brother and my sister. And my mom got a little fed up with us, and she was like, "Can you guys just go outside for like five minutes and just like do something fun outside?" And we go around to the side of the house, and there's a purple balloon 
laying in the grass and there's a, a little gust of wind comes and it rolls and pops. Mm. We saw this thing just briefly. We're like, and we run inside and we were like, mom, it was crazy. There was a purple balloon outside. She's like, it's Grammy's birthday today. Oh. Oh. And wow. we were like, oh, that's kind of freaky. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is probably like 10 years after we stopped doing this tradition. Wow. And, and like, that, that's the only time anything even like that has ever happened in my life. And like the one day. Yeah. It happened to align with this very specific tradition that we did. And the, and the balloon was purple. It wasn't any other color. It was purple. Dang. So that was, that's like the one thing where we're like, mm, yeah, there's, there, there might be something more going on here. <laughs> um, but it was definitely not like a, probably not like a playful. It was like a, you better start releasing those balloons again or I'm going to get around. Where are my balloons? Pop your head like this balloon right now. <laughs> uh, Bryn, give me, give us a ghost story. Honestly, I don't think I have one. What? Which is I'm trying to think. What's uh, the what's the furthest you've ever gone to sort of provoke a ghost interaction? Oh. Have you been to like haunt a haunted space? Light some candles in the corners. Ghost hunters. Ghost hunters. Uh <sighs> I know you were getting up to some spooky in Davis, California. Wait, There's no wait. way that you were it- Okay, but here's the thing is that I grew up really afraid of everything. <laughs> so, like, I didn't even want to do, like, Bloody Mary in the mirror because I was like, it's going to go down. Like, I can't handle that. Um, so I'm not going to do it. And I may have decided, like, one or, twi- one, one or two times, but I never got to three. And I turned the lights on and I left. Um no, I was really scared of everything. So I did not, I've never used a Ouija board because I'm like, I don't want to mess with it. I've never had a seance. Didn't <laughs> want to mess with it. I don't like going to haunted houses. Didn't want to mess with it. So like, I like knowing these things like on the periphery, but I didn't have never done anything that's like, I'm going to provoke. I'm going to provoke some ghosts. Because I think it's because I believe too much mm. and I don't want to, I don't want to touch. I don't want to get into it. I don't want to get into it. I think that they're they're having a nice time. I don't need to be a part of it. Let's go. Go ahead and pick up this laptop. Bring us into the bathroom. Let's do some Bloody Marys right now. <laughs> Live on the it. pod. Let's run it. Uh, well, I think I got. <laughs> I think Jerry's Jerry's things <laughs> due for a little New Orleans trip. Maybe uh, get down hey, there and do some ghost hunting. We should do that. I I will say when I was in eighth grade, I did. We had this like trip that was on to the east coast and there was like a ghost tour thing i forget the name of the town williamsburg i think maybe and there was they just told the stories there wasn't anything spooky but we did also on that same trip go into uh washington's house at mount vernon Mm -hmm. and i was like oh my god Washington walked on these stairs and touched this handrail. I am terrified, <laughs> which doesn't make any sense at all. But like that, again, this is the level that I was like, there may, there was someone who was alive and then was dead and in this place. Yeah. So. Yeah. That does get spooky. Your, your 
mission is to go go take a ghost hunting tour in Seattle. There's got to be something. You've, you can... There absolutely is. I'm Yeah, it's on my list. <laughs> All right, let's get into some spoonful of sugar. Chris, what you drinking? I'm still committed to going on this run tonight. And it's going to be dark and I'm going to get my headlamp out. So I'm going to be on my own spooky ghost hunting adventure as I run along the ghostly Iron Horse Trail in Walnut Creek, California, uh, trying to run four miles at 8 p.m. on a fall night. Who knows what can happen? happen. Uh, So I'm drinking some water, trying to get myself hydrated. Don't want to cramp up out there because then it could get really scary. (laughs) Uh, what about you, Kyle? Uh, Elysian Brewing Co. really did the damn thing this fall. They always do. And they released a variety pack of pumpkin beers. And Trader Joe's was selling it by my house. And I picked up a six pack of them. And there was like an Imperial IPA pumpkin beer. There was a Pale Ale pumpkin beer. And I'm trying one that I haven't yet, and it is called the Coffee Pumpkin Ale. Uh, It has a spooky pumpkin jack-o'-lantern guy on the front, and it is described as a pumpkin ale with the attitude of a world-weary barista. Punkachino, hate it, packs a short shot of Stumptown Coffee, shout out Washington, in your pint with just a shake of cinnamon and nutmeg. And it contains lactose, so if you're lactose intolerant, I'm sorry. I'm avoid that. Yeah, it's pretty good. It tastes like a like a lighter coffee stout and then you get the like cinnamon in there. Um, that's tasty. I like it. It's not my favorite of the variety pack, but it definitely makes for a uh, a nice fall drink. So if you are lactose tolerant, go for it. <laughs> Bryn, what are you sipping on? Okay, so Aria went to the store, actually Trader Joe's and Fremont Brewing is in our neighborhood ish and he he knows i like sour beers uh shout out chris Um, (laughs) this one is a blood orange lime and san juan sea salt goes but i was thinking he would be it's a ghostly goes and i'm drinking it in my crooked city shout out oakland crooked sea cider spooky glass so um that's where i'm at i wanted to do beer this time around love it we're all themed we're ready to rock and roll let's go ahead and talk about how we got here our demographic that gave us the 16 disney ghosts were folks that were talking about the gingerbread scent in the haunted mansion holiday attraction at disneyland they gave us a ton of ghosts 16 made the bracket we talked about a few that did not quite make it and after some debates we ended up in an elite eight and it looks like this, the number one zero from Nightmare Before Christmas is going to take on the Binks siblings from Hocus Pocus at the nine seed. The number 13, Mufasa, is going to take on number five, Goofy as Marley in Mickey's Christmas Carol. Across the brackets, the number two, the Hatbox Ghost from the most recent Haunted Mansion film versus the number 10, the Mariner Ghost from that same film. And the number 14, Lonesome Ghosts from the 1937 Mickey Short of the same name, is going to take on the number 11 seed, Grandma Tala from Moana. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited for this one. Chris, I started last time with my rant about Captain Salazar, so I think I'm going to let you take on this first matchup. Sure. We got Zero versus the Binxes. Uh Cat versus Dog 
matchup. Oh, whoa, whoa. Yeah, and and I had sort of faulted Zero a little bit in the last episode for feeling maybe more like a dog than a ghost. Uh, and okay, I'll take off my trolling Hocus Pocus hat for a moment. <laughs> uh, there are a lot of things about Thackeray that feels more authentically ghost than Zero. Uh, he does seem to have, I don't think he's necessarily all knowing, but he's definitely more knowledgeable than the characters that we have in this movie. Totally. That he's dealing with. And whether that's from him being a ghost or a cat or just being <laughs> around for a really long time, uh, you know, n- never sort of explicitly stated, but. Um, it is a quality that is common amongst ghosts. So that sort of foots the bill. There's also sort of like the idea of Thackeray being uh, sort of trapped. And mm. I think this is sort of a ghost concept that you either have to take or leave that um, there is life on earth and there is some type of afterlife and ghosts are trapped in the middle. If there is, uh, they've done something wrong. Uh, someone has placed a curse on them. There is unfinished business. There is a truth that has not been revealed. That's keeping them there. Uh, there are some of these characters like, you know, Mufasa, like grandma Tala, they just, they just die and then they go on. Um, yeah. and so, it's sort of hard sometimes to reconcile this idea of like, why, why is this person get to move on in this movie, but this person has to stick around in this movie just comes with the territory of the, you know, potentially mythical creature that is a ghost. Sure. So it's, you know, um, exercise in futility to try and wrap your head around it completely. But is it, but it is definitely a common theme in, in ghost movies. Mm-hmm. I just really this is a <laughs> it's like I I really just can't advance Thackeray Binks because he's Thackeray Binks is the thing you know <laughs> like objectively he probably has more ghost qualities than Zero but I'm not advancing it like I absolutely refuse to do that so I am advancing the number one seed Zero for being a good boy. Hmm. Do we have any canon on like Zero and Jack and like where the, was there ever a like life, Bro. a living version? This of- is being explored in the Nightmare Before Christmas Disney Plus series called Jack Meets Zero. Yeah. Um, and it's the very first moment where actually Zero gives Jack his bow tie. Um, sure. This was before Jack was called the Pumpkin King. So the movie right. is about. Um, Jack and Zero teaming up to abdicate the throne or usurp the usurp the Pumpkin King title from the previous owner, which is actually the son of Oogie Boogie. And that's why there's beef. Uh, first place. Yeah, don't don't. Sense. I hope they're not listening because they might do it. They might do it. Film's called Pumpkin King <laughs> and uh, we'll be seeing it very soon. Yeah, I, I just will. I mean. I was mostly joking about the question, but also like, I don't know. Interesting. Why is he a little Kleenex? Uh, why is he, you know, Jack's dog? Regardless, here here's my beef with Banks. And I disagree with 
Bryn's interpretation of Binks as a cat. I don't think that that Thackeray is a ghost when he is in the cat form. I think that he is the soul of Thackeray has been confined into a real cat. The curse is that he's going to have to live as a cat in perpetuity. And the only way he's going to be released is if he is able to thwart the sisters. And so the ghost Thackeray is actually what we see at the end of the film. When he is released from cat body, the physical ghost presence of him shows up as this hauntingly glowy figure and he's reunited with his sister and quite literally walks into not the sunset, but the sunrise. So I don't think cat him is a ghost. The wheels are turning. Hit me with it. Where am I wrong? I, I see what you mean, but then how, how like, I don't know. I feel like (laughs) he, he had already died though. He, like he get okay he becomes like human form at the end yes but he when he is released he's not killed he's just transforms and i feel like well he's killed because he's 125 years old and can't survive as a released it's like human in game of, it's like in game of thrones <laughs> when Melisandre is wearing the necklace that keeps her young. And in the spoiler for with the last couple episodes of Game of Thrones, but she takes off the necklace and then just sort of like turns into dust because her normal body can't sustain her life force anymore. Okay. So was- the cat body is the necklace. Yes. The cat body is um like the the 401k to the money like it's just the <laughs> it's just the layer around the soul the burrito okay. the it's the tortilla and the toppings inside the burrito are daiquiri binks and so when the tortilla falls apart the the toppings uh get cold <laughs> great are okay we so- closer or further away I don't know. I <laughs> anyway, zero's I, moving I on. It doesn't matter. Yeah, if we're just thinking about Thackeray and his sister at the end, that is proper ghosts. So, yeah, which means that for me, zero is also going to move on because I see that as the ghostly figure, the ghostly character. We all know and understand that he's a ghost. He's not a human that has been transformed into a dog that happens to be undead. Uh, he is a dog that is a ghost. So I agree with you, Chris. Uh, Bryn, it feels like, if I can read the room here a little bit, you would have had the Bink siblings moving on here. I would, yeah. Only because I feel like they, I don't know. I really like those <laughs> books. That's my only reason, is that this is my favorite movie. You're, so. you're allowed to have... You're allowed to have that personal bias. We lean on it constantly. It's my personal bias. I love it. Chris hates it. It's fine. All right. Here we go. Elite Eight, number 13, Mufasa taking on number five, Goofy as Marley. And I still stand by what I said. I don't see Mufasa as a ghost at all. Uh, I think that if we are going to say, you know, these 
familial ghosts are ghosts, and I think that they are, I'd prefer to see them as a Tala figure. I'd prefer to see them down at, at, at our level. They, they are more personal than just kind of these like watchers in the sky. And I don't think that Mufasa is with Simba the entire time. I don't. I think that in his time of need, sure, he is looking up into the sky and we see Mufasa. Mufasa gives him some very generic advice and then on goes Simba to, to do what he was meant to do. Uh, but when I see these ghosts, like I want, I especially Disney ghosts, especially Disney ghosts, how they're represented really matters to me. And I think that I like the, the Grandma Tala type that is down your level, looks like a ghost. You recognize them. They're not taking the form of like a tree or of the stars. They're, they're there. You know them and you love them and they're there. Uh, and so like just kind of by default here, I'm going to go with Goofy. And especially like the leg up that Goofy has for me is that this Goofy ghost character uh, gets represented as a Parks character during Halloween. And it is the silliest <laughs> costume where the Goofy costume is like sprayed in like gray uh, spray paint and he's carrying around some chains. Like it's just so silly. Uh, but I like I like Goofy here better than Mufasa. I'm going to move on that number five seed. Yeah, honestly, these are very two similar characters for me. Uh, you, sure. it's it's essentially Shakespeare versus Dickens. Uh, you have <laughs> Hamlet versus A Christmas Carol. Yeah, and and they they're both about um, you know voices of the past, sort of trying to inspire change in the hero that is currently living. And so, obviously, Mufasa feels like such a a, a more mighty um, mentor. Whereas Jacob Marley feels more like a cautionary character, but they essentially serve the same purpose. And so the tiebreaker is exactly what you're talking about, Kyle. Like, while I, I disagree, I do think that Mufasa is a ghost. Um, there's really no questioning it when it comes to the goofy version of Jacob Marley. I like the way he's animated. I like the sense of humor that's added into this scene. Uh, and and yeah, let's let's let it ride. I, I have Jacob Marley moving on. Rin, would you have gone Mufasa there? No, definitely not. Definitely <laughs> Marley. But okay, I have a question though. This okay. is something I've not brought up and I'm curious about it. Can't wait. Okay. So Goofy Goofy Marley, I think is yes, I'm all for it. But I where do we draw the line between when they can walk through walls and like then they trip over stuff? Like why why? Why? I don't I don't like I know that it's physical humor and I get that like him falling down the stairs is hilarious and tripping over the cane. Very good. I love physical humor. But he's a ghost. <laughs> he's not supposed to trip on stuff. He's supposed to walk through it. I don't. I think I, okay. Here, I'll, tell you, I'll tell I'll tell you exactly why is because the go. chains are weighing him down and messing up with his ghost physics. Wow, he did he did lift up the chain to walk over it, but then he walked through the wall. And so, so like, why so would the chain prevent him from walking through a wall? I think though we're looking at characters like the Mariner that we're going to talk about later, and it's like, well, why couldn't he just like float to the ocean? Or like, uh, you know, how no, do the see, lonesome ghosts that. That even open? How do the lonesome ghosts even open the door because yeah, their hands are awesome. invisible? And like, how can they grip an object? I think every ghost is sort of 
uh, bestowed with different physical uh, attributes. Here, here it is. Every ghost has some sort of spectrum to their physics, whether okay. they are super opaque and able to walk through things or they're not. And they're, they're you know, they're in their physical form. Take Moana's grandma, for, for instance. Moana, Moana hugs grandma. That is a physical being being there and she's being able to feel her. She was able, she turns that on. She turns it off to disappear. Ghosts have, they, they show up. I need to be in the physical world and operating. I'm going to turn it up to 11. Goofy is goofy, forgets to turn it back down. Forgets to become a little bit, have that opacity down at zero. And he falls down the stairs. That is my explainer. Or you can think about it like The Shining which gives perhaps the greatest explanation to like what a ghost is in movie history. And that's that the place essentially serves as a mirror and what you're seeing isn't actually a ghost, but more of a reflection of the past. And uh, it's the, the ghost might not be necessarily like choosing how and when and in what way they are appearing to someone and so maybe the goofy doesn't even really have control what's going on it's just like <laughs> whoever's holding the mirror is like whoa <laughs> there's a few options for you Brent. yeah whatever you want we can make it worse <laughs> all right let's move over to the other side of the bracket where we let's go this matchup hat box goes Hatbox goes first. Number ten, the Mariner. It's the battle of the twenty twenty three Haunted Mansion characters. Yeah. So the Hatbox Ghost has a lot of lore associated with him. You mentioned that he has a name. His name is Alistair Crump. Yep. And he was not a very nice man when he was alive. No. And so he got his head chopped off by the, the union workers. Is that yep. right? Uh, he, he ran got a his... shoe factory and they. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sure. Like that. <laughs> sure. And so <laughs> there's this element of unfinished business uh, for, for Alistair Crump for the Hatbox Ghost, where he maybe didn't leave this earth on his own terms. He did not maybe complete his character arc. So he definitely has some unfinished business which gives him a reason to stay here. Uh, the Mariner, on the other hand, we don't get a lot in terms of the backstory of the Mariner, if I'm remembering correctly. He's just yeah, sort of another ghost that it was uh, in the New Orleans area, probably was lost to sea, and ended up being sort of like zooped into the, the haunted mansion. Yep. Sounds right. Makes sense. I don't necessarily think all 999 happy haunts die in the haunted mansion, but someone's going around acquiring them. Is that person Madame Leota? Is that person Master Gracie? Or are these people just coming in on their own accord because well, leases are available? Yeah, I mean, it's it's that part, right? So like, the the lore of the mansion itself is that the when people move in, he kills them so that he can start getting closer to the a thousand ghosts. Because once he hits the one thousand, 
he's released into the world and can wreak havoc on the actual world. So as people move in, he kills them. Um, and that all started when he was killing people when he was alive uh, because he was taking vengeance on his staff. He was taking vengeance on his uh, party guests. Uh, and so then he would kind of like make fun of them on the tombstones. So that's why we have the funny tombstones in the graveyard at the mansion. And so then when he ends up dying because he uh, his, his staff catches him. So yes, his workers, but the staff of his house catch him, cut off his head as a ghost. He is haunting anybody that inhabits that house. And so trying to reach that thousand, reaches that thousand, he's released into the world. And that's really his motive. It's like, I want to continue my vengeance. They got me, but I'm going to get them back. I'm going to continue to kill. Um, and I think that is, it, it makes for that maniacal villain, right? Where even when he's dead, he's still on an operation to kill. Hasn't learned his lesson. It's interesting. And the Mariner is one of those 999. So at the Mariner, some point, like, he... Yes. He encountered Alistair. to the mansion or... A party that Alistair was hosting. Like, we don't really know in we don't, what we already form know, he died. We already know it's Fleet Week in San Francisco this Bro, week. it's Fleet Week. We know, how, we know how those Mariners get down when they're on, on dry land for a little bit. Come on. Also, really quick, shout out Pickwick in the 2023 uh, oh. film. Oh. Because that is... Run our turnt boy bracket back because we have a new king. He is so turnt. He literally says in this film, drink and you just don't feel it. <laughs> he is a turnt boy. Anyways, yes. Fleet Week. Mariners, they get down. So we have, uh, I think we have two really solid, solid ghosts here. I think I'm going to give it to the Mariner. Reason okay. being... I think a ghost is a great supporting character in a movie. I don't love when a primary villain is a ghost because it's always sort of a question of like, well, how do you kill something that's already dead? Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. And it ends up making climax climax scenes, maybe a little bit too convoluted. It makes characters have to go chase after MacGuffins or go, you know, Steve, Steve Evers has to go down and get the key in the bottom of the mausoleum. Oh, we got to go to Alistair Crumb's house and get his hat. Uh, you know, it's just like you end up getting a little bit off track in order to solve this sort of like existential yeah. problem with like killing mm-hmm. a ghost. And so I think the Mariner occupies that, that sweet spot where he provides some complications to our hero. Um, but he, at the end of the day, is more of a nuisance than a primary obstacle. Yeah, I this one is really difficult for me because if the hatbox ghost was just this like ghostly figure that killed the inhabitants of the mansion, I don't think I would like him as much. But the fact that I believe he also controls the environment, he controls the mansion with his ghostly presence and is able to manipulate situations because of that power. I really I really like that. Like on especially on second watch and seeing that he's not just that big bad villain but he's also like controlling the house. The ghosts are afraid of him. He's stretching rooms, he is stretching hallways, he's flipping hallways like that is sick and I really like that and it adds some dimension to his demonic 
version of this ghost, right? But what I was going to say, uh, you put, you laid out great, is that I don't see these Disney ghosts as being at the forefront or the primary villain because never has, I shouldn't say that, but like really never (laughs) has like a ghost story been at the center of these Disney films, except for one. And it's called Blackbeard's Ghost. And it was like a 60s live action film about literally Blackbeard's Ghost. And it's not very good. But otherwise, like, as we know it, it's usually like the ghosts are a side character impeding on our our main character's mission. But they're not like a big bad. They're not this ominous figure. They're almost more of the hijinks. And I get that out of the Mariner, right? He's harmless. All of the ghosts in there are really harmless. Uh, they're all actually after the Hatbox ghost, but especially the Mariner. And what I especially like about him is just how it his presence sticks so well, not only with the lore of the the film in which they are haunting and saying like, you, we're going to follow you home, but also the lore of the mansion attraction itself. And we see what it means when they follow you home. They're menaces. The haunted the the ghosts that haunt you as you leave the haunted mansion aren't going to follow you and kill you. They're just going to make you very your life very inconvenient. <laughs> He's going to cause a flood in your house and wash you out onto the street, and that never happened in real life. All of a sudden, everything's dry and everything's fine, right? Like all of these inconvenient things, and they they just kind of make your life just a little bit more difficult, and that feels very Disney. That feels like a Disney ghost. That feels like a Disney side character. And that's how I see these ghosts. So uh, I'm going to agree with you. I love the Mariner. I love the part that he plays in the 2023 film. He has the little little Mr. Gibbs element to him where he's helping to move that plot around. He, he gives us a little sad face in the mirror. I love him. He's got a little bit of personality to him. And he jacks a boat at the end. These these fishermen were going to use that boat when he kicked them off and he sped off. Why does he need the boat if he's a ghost? Who knows? But he just wants Jack to hit Sparrow. that seat. He is Jack Sparrow, dude. Come on. Pirate 6, the Mariner. Brynn, did we make the right decision? Uh, Yes, I am pro the Mariner. I also feel like the Hatbox ghost is more of a poltergeist than a ghost, which are like, it's like a demonic ghost. It's like, I don't know. It just, I like the Mariner. For some, for someone that's never encountered uh, ghosts, you are out here splitting hairs with the poltergeist versus the ghost. I told you though, I love the lore. I like mm-hmm. learning about them. I like reading about them. I like watching stuff about them. I just don't want to encounter them IRL. Completely fair. All right. Let's talk about this final Elite Eight matchup. Number 14, the Loathsome Ghosts versus number 11, Grandma Tala. And I I really, really like the part that Tala plays in Moana at this point. Uh, and like Moana is ready to give up. Uh, her and Maui had just haven't had a falling out. His hook is broken. He can't really do anything. He doesn't believe that Moana can do anything. They split up. She's questioning why she's even out there. And, and Grandma Tala comes back and reminds her uh, of literally... The, the quote who you are uh and i like the the way that she shows up i it's more of a realistic interpretation of 
of grandma, right? Who's comforting, who's caring, who's going to support you in whatever decision that you're going to make. And she knows from her past experience who Moana is. And maybe she can see who Moana can be because she is this ghostly figure. And so she she gently encourages her to to follow through and make things happen. She shows up in different forms. She shows up as the manta ray. She then lands on the boat as her human self uh, in the glowing. I, I literally can't get the like Jedi ghost look out of my head because they look the exact same. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so like she shows up as this glowing figure and I really like it. And it's, it's just really nice. Her singing uh, to convince Moana is such a daddy Lynn forced situation of like, but oh, this big moment, grandma's got to sing about it. It's like she didn't need to <laughs> like get let Moana just take it and sing it. Uh, her big mind changing moment. But I like Grandma Tala a lot. Uh, but she's up against lonesome ghosts. And like I've just I've got a love for these ghosts, baby. They are they are the the epitome of hijinks ghosts. They mean quite literal no harm. They're just out here trying to prank people and scare them and and, you know, dunk on them. And every gag was so fun. Goofy looking in the mirror and the ghost imitating his movements and Goofy being like, something's up here, but not recognizing that it's not even his. It's just such a great Goofy moment. With the ghost that is just playing along. Love that a lot. Also, uh, I try to look into this. And it does. It seems like it's a coincidence. But there's absolutely no way that it's not. Goofy says, I ain't afraid. I ain't scared. I ain't as scared of no ghosts. In this short. Mm. Which is quite literally, I ain't afraid of no ghosts. In the Ghostbusters song. There's 0% chance that the writer of the song didn't see this and right like clearly a ripoff plagiarism goofy did it first um but and and when i think about disney ghosts i think about them a lot hmm. uh because they are like human characters they're not quite human characters they got these big red like noses uh they're just a ton of fun and i like the fun out of the ghost so i'm going to go with the lonesome ghost number 14 over grandma yeah, I, I mean, I agree that there's there's definitely a Disney energy to these ghosts because they're so mischievous. I I love the one with the cigar. Yeah, <laughs> I I spent a solid like fifteen minutes trying to remember a movie that I saw where a ghost smoked and you could see like the smoke fill up its lungs and then like, oh. and I was like, that- what movie was that? Did you and find it? I sure did. I finally came up with it. It was uh, A Haunted House, which is the Paranormal oh. Activity parody movie. Right. Hilarious watch. I'm sure you can find it for free somewhere. If you uh, haven't seen this film, watch it. It is so funny. Um, it's like an easy, stupid watch. Easy, I thought you were going to say Casper. Doesn't isn't there a, a smoking scene in Casper? Could be, could be, where one of one of the, or maybe his breath is just bad. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. I mean, there's a bad breath scene. Yeah, I mean, a haunted house. Casper is the same movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
But anyways, I got I just got a, I just got a kick out of the ghost smoking because it's sort of like silly physically yes. that something like that might happen. Um, but I think I'm gonna go with Grandma Tala. Wow. I think I think ghost a good ghost sort of means something. Okay. And the loathsome ghosts are fun, but Grandma Tala, you know, like I said, if you think about a ghost as sort of a reflection of the past, I, I think Grandma Tala fits that description a little bit better. You know, she's, um, you know, maybe just something that Moana is imagining, but she is coming to this world on behalf of a previous experience to help guide. And, and I think like that's a ghost to a T. So I'm going to go with Grandma Tall, which means Bryn's breaking this tie. Dang. Okay. You don't know, though, that the lonesome ghosts aren't there for I mean, true. We ah. never saw the body. <laughs> we never, we don't know who these lonesome ghosts were in real life. I don't know. And they're, well, until the end, they're in that house. Um, mm-hmm. Seems like they've been there for a while. We don't know that. Again, we don't know that. But they could be stuck there. True. For a reason for a long time. So, true. I don't know. True. Um... I don't know. <laughs> this one's a toss-up for me, I guess. Uh, I like I like Grandma Tala. I think she's a good ancestral ghost spirit guide. Um, the lonesome ghosts are very fun, and they do a lot of like the ghostly stuff. Like they go through walls, and they can create little puddles and confuse Goofy and all that stuff. Um, they just sound like they're to cause trouble, and like that's our whole point. Which is, I mean, I mean, if I can just just sort of like throw one more thing at you, there you go. Before Grandma Tala died, when she was still among the living, her quality was being sort of like trying to poke Moana's buttons a little bit, like when she goes into the ocean and she's like. Oh, like when I die, I'm going to become a manta ray. And mm-hmm. if not, I definitely got the wrong tattoo. And Moana's mm-hmm. like, I'm going to go put my stone on the mountain. She's like, I then do it. What are you <laughs> waiting for? <laughs> uh, so like, yeah, in, in death, she's, she's a little bit more sort of like benevolent, but when she was alive, man, she could definitely, uh, definitely push some buttons. <laughs> I think I'll go grandma Tala. I think I like her as like her purpose is to be there to guide Moana in like in the afterlife from the afterlife, I guess. So I really wanted a, um, a behind the door flooding scene matchup between lonesome ghosts and because they literally do the same bit. (laughs) Both. All right. Well, we've got our final four. Uh, let's start with the left side. We've got the number one seed, zero from Nightmare Before Christmas, versus the number five seed, Goofy Jacob Marley from <laughs> Mickey's Christmas Carol. Look, Goofy Jacob Marley is fun, but I think the reasons I like him most are just because I like Jacob Marley, even the non-Goofy version of him. Just like I like the idea of 
the the ghost of Jacob Marley. Zero it just feels like he's been floating through each of these matchups. So it's like I really don't want to send him along again without really giving a, a strong case for him. But, mm-hmm. you know, we're talking about Disney ghosts and he's just so recognizable. Uh, and he is so he sort of embodies that friendly ghost that you think of when you think of a ghost in a in a kid's movie, one that isn't necessarily adversarial, but one that is sort of a sidekick, sort of friendly that is there to guide you. And that's ultimately what Zero does at the end of the movie. He's the one who when push comes to shove and Jack can't get it done. Zero is able to use his abilities to get everyone out of the situation. So, you know, not a super strong case, but I think I'm I think I'm going to move Zero on to the finals. Yeah, I agree with you because the Marley ghost that Goofy plays, I see more so as just a Goofy character. It's not really a ghost, right? Like I don't think that in any situation does any of the Christmas Carol characters move on to like a finals matchup because at the end of the day, what we get out of them is the character that's playing them. It's not a ghost. It is a person playing a ghost in a play that we are then watching. And so, yeah, if we were talking about the OG, if we're talking about even if we're talking about Disney's Christmas Carol with the Jim Carrey, the scary animated Uncanny Valley one, like then we could talk some ghosts. But here it's like this is goofy playing a ghost. And so uh, I definitely agree that Zero should move on to the finals, being that he is a ghost and he is uh, even better, a dog ghost. And we love these animal characters out of Disney. So uh, I agree. Number one, Zero's moving to the finals. Brand, you kind of called it from the start. You said that Zero was going to have a good chance in this bracket. I'm guessing that you would have also moved the dog along. Uh, yeah, definitely. I also think like if we're going to talk about like ghosts being around more, like he's a ghost the whole time. He's a ghost for the whole movie. He's around as a ghost. And I think we only get to see like the Marleys in any of the movies just like for like a hot second. And they're like, hey. You did some bad stuff, and also you're going to get visited by some spirits, so like, look out for that. And that's it. That's all we get. So we see a lot more of a ghost in Zero. Plus, he's so cute. I love that. <laughs> that brings us to this next Final Four matchup. Who's going to face Zero in the finals? Number 10, the Mariner versus number 11, Grandma Tala. And I've got the Mariner going to the finals here. Mm. Uh, I like the spooky side of Disney. I think that they do it in the parks, there's plenty of attractions that want to scare you. Haunted Mansion has the spooky element of the attraction. They love to do it within films. Even the most recent Haunted Mansion, you go back to like the live action Treasure Island. You go back to Blackbeard's Ghost. You go into just any sort of situation in which they're dealing with the, you know, the, the spiritual, the next level, they always want to have some sort of spookiness with it. And I think that the nice tie-in with the Mariner is that they keep it really light. They don't want to scare you with the Mariner. They want a character that happens to be a ghost be playful. And that's a lot of what Disney characters are. These characters of a, a trope that we know, but suddenly they're recognizable and a little bit more likable. 
Mickey is a mouse. We hate mice, but Mickey is admirable because he goes on all of these adventures. He's always doing the right thing and we like him all of a sudden, right? So like that feels very Disney to conclude this ghost that we want to befriend and that they want to help in the end and who has a character arc that ends in, well, we think he's this big bad haunting, but really all he wants to do is be released from this house. Get me out of this house. Uh, so I'm going to move the Mariner on past Grandma Tala. The spiritual ancestor is definitely a big play in Disney. So I'm not discounting Grandma Tala's Disney ghostness, but she's up against the Mariner. And I kind of do like that spiritual, a little bit more spooky side of Disney. I I just think Grandma Tala is in a lot of ways so much bigger than a ghost or at least this ghost moment that we get uh, in Moana. And I think that the film sort of deliberately tries to say that, you Mm -hmm. know, that we see her when she was alive. We see Moana remembering her. We see this sort of physical version of her appear. We see her as a manta ray in the stars. Um, I think it's supposed to sort of symbolize that maybe life doesn't have these sort of like binaries that we think of like you're either alive or you're dead or you're a ghost or you're in the flesh. So um, I think I like that she's like nice and warm, but you said it, Kyle, like the the tone of this Haunted Mansion movie, uh, I think is, is really nice, sweet spot of spooky and funny. And the Mariner is really sort of like the highlight of that for me. You know, the movie is all about sort of that perspective that you're talking about. Are they friend? Are they foe? It's up to you to decide often. Uh, And so how you think about this Mariner character, is he here to haunt me or is he here to help me? Uh, Are we about to fight? Are we about to freak? Uh, This is... (laughs) Um, I'm going to move the Mariner on to the finals as well. So Bryn, Bryn, would you have done the same? Yeah, I would have the same. He's a good ghost. He's a good ghost. And again, I think it becomes like a like your spirit ancestor versus ghost. Like I'm talking about ghosts, it's the Mariner. All right, that that leads us to the finals. The number one seed zero from Nightmare Before Christmas versus the number ten seed, the Mariner from the 2023 Haunted Mansion movie, the new kid on the block. Dang. Did move? Did Disney just drop? the greatest Disney ghost of all time <laughs> just mm. this year. Mm. According to the mouse madness podcast, let's talk through it a little bit. I mean, in a lot of ways, this Mariner character feels new, but what he really is, is just sort of revisiting a very old concept, a concept that is presented at the end of the haunted mansion attraction. So it's yes, he's brand new, but he's also sort of, 60 years old. Uh, he is the, this, um, you know, that's something that the, the 2003 haunted mansion didn't touch on the, the ghost will follow you home, which is such an important line for the attraction Very important. Very important. Uh, and the way that you sort of leave the mansion. And so to see that actually happen in this movie as a mansion fan was, was so fun. And, uh, to, to kind of see him jamming up our hero a little bit was great to sort of, to him uh, to see the Mariner be in this sort of friend uh, capacity operating in this sort of friendly capacity. Also really cool. You know, yeah. like, yeah, a ghost follows you home, but who's to say it's to scare you. It might just be, you know, like you have a cat living in your house. Now you have uh, <laughs> a, a, a ghost of a man who wants to watch deadliest catch. Like it just, <laughs> it is, it's is what it is, baby. 
I think there's a really strong sense of companionship with both mm-hmm. of these ghosts. And that is a really key component to a good ghost character in a movie, to a good Disney co- ghost. Well, like a good ghost character when we're talking about like ghosts on the good side, you know, like not ones that are there to sort of like attack our hero or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's sort of a wash there. I mean, like, I think what it comes down to is just sort of like the story element and, and something that's common with all ghosts, ghosts in Disney movies, ghosts in other movies, ghosts on TV, ghosts in real life is the ghost story. And, and knowing that a ghost had a life before they were a ghost and how did they get to become a ghost and, and what is their situation now that they are a ghost? What are they, what are they haunting? What place are they haunting? Uh, and do they have any special sort of ghost personality quirks? Do they have things that they like to do, like drop balloons on their great grandkids' <laughs> <laughs> backyards? You know, there there are these these sort of like ghost characteristics, and I think the Mariner just does such a good job, sort of bringing all of those to life. And I love Zero, so iconic, but um, I don't know that he's he's really as deep of a ghost as the Mariner. So it feels crazy to say it, but I think I'm going to crown the Mariner the winner of this bracket. Yeah, this is a really, really difficult decision because Zero is so iconic. And also, like, Zero exists in a different plane than the Mariner. Like, the Mariner exists within our real world, but, like, Zero is essentially playing a trope within Halloween town is that what they call it in nightmare before christmas Halloween Halloween town, yeah. Halloween town. so like so he, they need ghosts there so he's he is the ghost does he need a ghost story no because they're all existing within a, a spooky place so the ghost story really is for us to explain why a ghost is around but zero can just exist because he lives in a place of halloween town where that just happens so like when you're comparing these apples to oranges, it's difficult to say what is the more authentic ghost <laughs> because they exist in one in the real world and one in this like Halloween town fictional world. Obviously, Zero does come into what we say, what we think of as the real world, but that's still just like what Christmas land, Christmas time, whatever that place is. So like, is that that is that the real world? I don't know. So it's tough. And especially because when I think of these Disney ghosts, I really like how Disney decides to design them. And I think that that's very important, right? Like Mariner, we never see that full, except for in the Astro photos, in the rearview mirror. Otherwise, he is a, a literal unseeable ghost. And my pick for this bracket would have been the Lonesome Ghosts. Because I I like how they're designed. I like how they play into the hijinks, into the mischievous nature that the Mariner feels like he really embodies. But we just we don't see that design that Disney is so well known for. But they're also really well known for being able to get some characters across with very subtle moments and subtle animation and subtle everything. And the Mariner, we get that from the Mariner. He's flipping the deadliest catch. We get this fool's captain. We get that he can manipulate water in some former fashion and we get that he is just all he wants is the sea and that he's empathetic and like that is a lot to get out of somebody that we d- never see at all yeah so it's tough it's like do we go with the character design or do we go with the character development because zero is just a doc is it there, 
Zero is just a, a loyal dog, like any sure. other dog, uh, but happens to look like a Kleenex. Chris, I'm agree with you. Wow. Chris, I am going to agree with you and crown the number 10, the Mariner, as the best Disney ghost. And I think it's because this ghost allows our characters to learn and live. They allow our characters to win without interfering. They're not the big bad. Uh, and they exist within our world. And I think that Disney does that. Whether it's an ancestral ghost that comes into the world, whether it's a, a Jacob Marley as Goofy that comes into Scrooge's world, they are believable in the in the way that they interact with our main characters. Zero exists because it, the Halloween Town needs a ghost, and the ghost is this dog, and so like that's a that's a totally different thing than what Disney has done, which is like put the ghost in the real world. And so we have the Mariner as the ghost in the real world, who's see, feels a little mischievous. Uh, he is empathetic. He is with our hero, but is going to have to do it on his own terms. And the one part that actually made me laugh out loud on second watch was when they roll up to Crump Manor to go on the tour and they ask the Mariner to stay in the car. Like he opens the door to get out and they're like, what? Why don't you, why don't you take, a, take a seat on this one? And it's a wide shot of the car that in the door, like two seconds of nothing, and then the door closes as <laughs> the Mariner was like reluctant to do it. Love it. It's very fun. We get a lot of character out of an invisible one. So here we go. The number 10, the Mariner from 2023. That's not how you say it. 2023 Haunted Mansion film is the best Disney ghost. And as we do at the end of every bracket, we're going to clap it out. Bryn, you, you broke a lot of ties, but you didn't break the final. If it was up to you, where would you have gone? I was leaning towards zero. But I liked your, I mean, I liked your thoughts of like, zero exists in this Halloween world where there are vampires, there are witches, there are weird, there's a pumpkin king, there's all these things and they need a ghost. So like, is that a proper ghost or is it just like another friend of the Halloween town? (laughs) Friend of Halloween town. Um... And so when you're thinking about, yeah, ghosts like in our world, it makes way more sense to have the Mariner go on because he's just existing with people who are alive and not just like weird dead Halloween creatures. So, yeah, I'm with you. Well, you survived your first Mouse Madness bracket, Bryn. Uh, We really appreciate it. Thanks for pitching the idea. Thanks for hanging out with us for a couple of hours to break this all down. Uh, you did great. We hope to see you back for another bracket sometime soon. And we'll see you at, at the next trivia. Wow. Absolutely. I will be there. Thank you so much for having me. All right, everyone. You know how to reach us. Uh, would you like to haunt us with some opinions regarding <laughs> Disney ghosts, regarding Disney spooky bracket topics? Do you want to hop in and do some spooky tie-breaking? Email us at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on social media. All of our channels are linked in the description of this podcast. If you'd like to support us on Patreon, you can head over to patreon.com slash mousemadness and join us at the $5 level where you'll have access to things like two bonus Mouse Madness episodes a month. Mm. We just dropped Kyle's predictions, Kyle's thoughts and feelings before heading to 
Florida for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you definitely don't want to miss our Orlando Walt Disney World trip report that we're putting out in a couple weeks. Because if you're listening to this bracket, you're listening to this episode, the week it goes live, we are we are there. We are, yeah. we are actually <laughs> there at Disney right now. Uh, we're probably drinking around the world as we speak. Yeah, probably. Anyways, folks, hope you have a happy, spooky season. Enjoy the colors changing. Enjoy that crisp weather and stay safe, folks, and have a happy, happy Halloween.